I will begin reading a few verses before our assigned reading today, which is printed in your bulletin. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea proclaiming, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. If you Google images of Jesus' baptism, you'll find that there are thousands of them. The baptism of Jesus has been one of the most popular gospel scenes for artists to depict down through the centuries. Whether painted on canvas, fashioned into stained glass, or illustrated in children's Bibles. But I had never noticed something about these artistic depictions until it was pointed out to me. A vast majority of them depict only John the Baptist and Jesus. Perhaps there are a few saints or angels present, but that's all. And yet Matthew in his gospel sets the scene for us, writing, then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to John and all the region along the Jordan. In other words, when we think of Jesus' baptism, we should see in our mind's eye a multitude of people crowding around John the Baptist and Jesus purposefully walking into the middle of this multitude, joining with this crowd that recognizes their desperate need for a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. But the question that was asked from the very early days of the Christian church is, why did Jesus need to be baptized if, as we read repeatedly in the New Testament, he was without sin? 
In fact, Matthew tells us in today's reading that John the Baptist at first resists baptizing Jesus, saying to him, I need to be baptized by you. But Jesus answers him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. Former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, notes that righteousness is not a word we use very much, except in a rather negative sense. Righteousness suggests self-righteousness, a condescending and judgmental attitude. But when the Jewish prophets talked about righteousness, the word they used in Hebrew was a word with a very different sound to it. It would have brought in associations with truthfulness, appropriateness, a right and fitting relationship with reality. Being righteous was being connected with God and God's world in a way that truly fitted with what God was and what the world in its intended nature was. Being righteous was being in right relationship with God, one another, and the world. Now I find it interesting that when Jesus answers John's protest, he says, it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Who is the us? Jesus and John? Jesus and the crowds? Jesus and his heavenly Father? And perhaps the Holy Spirit who makes an appearance in this scene as a dove? I tend to think that when Jesus says it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness, us includes everyone. Jesus, John the Baptist, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the throng of people that have come to be baptized. All are involved in fulfilling all righteousness, restoring the proper relationship between humans and God, humans and fellow humans, humans and creation. My friends, we have just experienced the season of incarnation, celebrating God taking human form as a helpless baby and dwelling among us. As we read in last Sunday's epistle, Christ himself was like God in everything, but he did not think that being equal with God was something to be used for his own benefit but he gave up his place with God and emptied himself. He was born as a man and became like a servant. And he is doing that same thing again in today's story of his baptism. 
not using his equality with God for his own benefit, but rather willingly identifying himself with the crowds of people, becoming one of them, one of us. In today's gospel, he who was without sin nonetheless enters so totally into the human condition that he undergoes a baptism for the, for the forgiveness of sins. St. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, Christ was innocent of sin, and yet for our sake, God made him one with human sinfulness, so that in him we might be made one with the righteousness of God. Christ was innocent of sin, and yet for our sake, God made him one with human sinfulness, so that in him we might be made one with the righteousness of God. And is that not what it means to fulfill all righteousness? To be made one with the righteousness of God? Reflecting on the scene in today's gospel, Episcopal monk Martin Smith writes, instead of looking down on the crowd from afar, secure in his own guiltlessness, Jesus plunged into the waters with them and lost himself in the crowd. He threw away his innocence and separateness to take on the identity of struggling men and women who were reaching out for the lifeline of forgiveness. He threw away his innocence and separateness to take on the identity of struggling men and women, becoming in every way one of us. And it is at that very moment when Jesus is baptized along with the crowd of humanity that the heavens are opened and a voice from heaven says, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. God is putting his stamp of approval on this very moment of Jesus' baptism wherein Jesus identifies completely with us in all our human guilt, imperfection, and separation from one another and from God. It is for the purpose of removing this separation that Jesus became human flesh as a helpless baby and as an adult identified with us completely in baptism. The early Christian saints, Irenaeus and Athanasius, said that Christ became one with humanity so that humanity might become one with God. In Jesus' baptism, the voice from heaven says, in essence, my beloved son has become what you are, that you might become what he is, one with me and the Holy Spirit. 
Brother Martin Smith invites us into the scene of today's gospel. He writes, can you feel and see yourself as part of that crowd of humanity in the muddy water and experience the entrance of Jesus into our condition, into our needs? He chooses to plunge into it and make it his own. Nothing about me, about us, is foreign to him. The Spirit descended when Jesus embraced the truth of our interconnectedness, our belonging together in God. The barriers that hold us back from one another in fearful individuality are the identical barriers that block the embrace of God and insulate us from the Spirit. It is one and the same movement of surrender to open ourselves to intimacy and personal union with God in the Spirit and to open ourselves to compassion and solidarity with our struggling, needy fellow human beings. To be open to the Spirit is also to be open to humanity in all its fractured confusion and poverty and its ardent reaching for fulfillment. To be open to the embrace of the Father is necessarily and inevitably to be open to the whole creation that is held in that embrace. My friends, when we look out at our world today, we can see signs of separateness all around us. Separateness between humans and other humans, separateness between humans and creation, separateness between humans and God. Wars, shootings, climate catastrophes, polarization between political parties and even within political parties, a growing split within the United Methodist Church. And yet, we can also see hopeful signs of reunification. This past week, we saw football rivalries dissolve when one football player suffered a heart attack on the field. And we Coloradans took a significant step toward restoring our proper relationship with creation when we stopped the use of free single-use plastic bags in our supermarkets. In two weeks, the members of Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran Church will come here to Christ Church to worship our one Lord together. In all of these signs of reunification, we are living out the meaning of Jesus' baptism and our own. Today, the feast of the baptism of Jesus is one of the four major baptismal feast days of the church. Shortly, we will renew our own baptismal vows. At the beginning of each baptism service, 
we reaffirm the words of St. Paul, who assures us that in Christ there is no separation. There is one body and one spirit, one hope in God's call to us, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. May we all live into the meaning of Jesus' baptism and our own.